Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, Sad, Confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Jamie Alexander on her comfort movie, Tommy Boy. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm joined on the intro, as always, back like when we were starting out, when we were kids, Sammy. Sammy, we're doing the intro just like it's old times. It's like like BC. Yeah. Before COVID. Yeah, before (laughs) COVID. God. Um, Sammy joins me to uh, get you guys all warm and fuzzy and ready for this exciting uh, new episode of Happy Second Views with first-time guest Jamie Alexander, who I've, I've wanted to have on the show for a while. I've, I've known her a little bit over the years. I've interviewed her for various projects. Um, always been very cool with me. And she, she did not disappoint. She delivered an unexpected choice for her comfort movie today. We're going to dive deep on the 1995 classic comedy, Chris Farley, David Spade, Tommy Boy. Sammy, what do you think? Tommy Boy thoughts? I loved, I uh, have been actually meaning to rewatch this movie in the last couple of months. It's been one that I forget that I want to rewatch and then remember it like at time, like I'm, you know, in the supermarket and I'm like, fuck, I want to watch Tommy Boy. <laughs> Um, I want I, I, like to envision you. I like to envision you wandering around the supermarket in your mask and yeah. pulling down the mask to exclaim, "Fuck! I need to see Tommy Boy." Yes, that's incredibly accurate. Oh my god, psychotic! Um, yeah. I had not seen Tommy Boy in quite quite some time. It was a nice excuse to revisit this one and a good excuse to catch up with Jamie, who is starring in Blind Spot fifth and final season. Thursdays at 10 on NBC. It's now or never, folks. The final, I think, 10 or 11 episodes are going out with a bang. Jamie's very excited about it. Lots of guest stars, lots of cool stuff. She couldn't be more pleased that um, it's ending in the way that it is. So I'm happy for her, and I'm happy we got a chance to, to Question. catch up. Yeah, please. Question, because I'm like a visual person, so I want, for, for all the other uh, VPs, visual people out there, yeah. Was this a Zoom record, Zoom yes. chat you guys did? Yes, we, we tend to record via Zoom so that we have that face-to-face, just as we're doing now, so I, can see, so I can see your dead shark eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> so what was her, where was she? She, she, she says it, I, I'll repeat it, because she said it in, in the conversation. She's in Brooklyn, she's living in Brooklyn by herself, and she's, um, she, yeah, she's a New Yorker because she's been shooting Blind Spot for Love years. Um, and... Yeah, she's she's just the real deal. I, I remember I, I interviewed her. She was in that um, what was the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie with Johnny Knoxville? Um, was that called The Last Stand too? Like the, the like the like the Michael Jordan show? You Google it while I'm while I'm, while I'm talking. Um, uh, I'm not talking to you, listener. I'm talking to Sam. <laughs> I got it. I'm on it. I'm <laughs> you listen. You, you Google it, listener. Um, and she, of course, many people know her as as Sif from the Thor movies. Um, there's a lot of conjecture whether we're going to see her back in one of these again. I hope so. She's kind of hinted. The Last Stand, t- 2013. I, I did it. Yep. Yeah. That was one of my first interviews with, the, with Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger and probably the first time I met Jamie. And yeah, she's just always been really cool with me. So I'm, I'm glad we got a chance to, uh, to catch up today. And I'm glad she chose like a, a, a movie like Tommy Boy, which we have not covered like an out-and-out big comedy like this yet. So we dive yeah. into that. Yeah. I interrupted you while you were saying something cool and exciting <laughs> just no, during no. The Last Stand. No, no, no. I was just saying that yeah, I was... What was the cool and exciting thing? You were teasing she might appear in what? Oh, we don't know for a fact. I just know that we, there are high hopes that she may um, return as Sif in 
whether it's the new Thor movie or the Loki series. I don't know. I, I truly don't. Um, and she certainly is not ready to spill the beans yet. But there have been hints. She's been teasing, perhaps, that we may see her in one of those before. And if you listen to the end of the interview, you might um, read between the lines. But again, I know nothing for a fact. She reveals nothing. But uh, here's hoping I'd love to see her back um, in the Marvel Universe sometime soon. Um, other things to mention. Let's see. So I don't know. I don't know about you. I'm still watching a ton of stuff. I finished um, The Great, which is about to drop on Hulu. This is the um, Elle Fanning um, Nicholas Holt show from the writer oh, of The Favorite. Really good. Catherine the Great one. Catherine the Great. Really dark comedy. Did, did you ever see The Favorite? Yes. Yeah, so very much in that tone, that darkly comedic tone. I love that. Same writer. She's great in it. I did a, um, I did one of these MTV house calls, these live interviews on Instagram Live um, for MTV News with Elle. It was great to catch up with her. And, um, and, and yeah, she and Nick are, are, are great in it, Nicholas Holt. Um, watching- we love Nicholas Holt. Oh, and you were going to love him in this show. Oh, I, I don't know if I could do it. No, he's really <laughs> funny in it. Really I, good. It's hard. <laughs> the he's man a- who almost was Batman. I mean, I'm like, I'm happy that Pattinson is Batman, but Nick almost got it. I know. You've been, Nick's been a, a friend of the show for a oh, long time. He absolutely. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> listening right now. Hi, Nick. Hi. Um, he, he dropped into the Instagram live the other day. He's no. stalking me. Yeah, no, he did. Did you freak out? Freaked out. Just freaked out. <laughs> no, oh my I God. bet you did. I just jumped out, out my window. <laughs> I couldn't even handle it. <laughs> I'm also uh, trying Debs out. There's been a lot of buzz about Debs, that, uh, the new sh- uh, show from Alex Garland. Oh, Nick, Nick Offerman. Offerman. With his um, crazy hair. Exactly. It's pretty good. I'm, I'm into it. It's kind of like uh, weird sci-fi. Um, what you, what, you finish, did you finish Friday Night Lights, Sammy? Yeah. That fucking sucked when I finished that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was that. so upset. I mean, I was. it was... Incredible finale. Yeah. Um, and as someone from Philadelphia, it made me feel warm and fuzzy. Are you onto the next already? What are you focusing on now? Yeah, uh, started West Wing yesterday, so I'm seven episodes deep. <laughs> you got a ways to go. You know who else is watching West Wing? Who? I found out the other day, speaking of L, L told me Dakota has just started <gasps> watching the West Wing. So you and Dakota are probably neck and neck right now, early West Wing. We should chat. You should. I'll connect you guys. And I have questions about uh, Squeaky, her character. Her oh, playing. from Once Upon a Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I could throw those in. She was creepy. She was good. Yeah. Um, other things to mention. As I mentioned, I've started to do these uh, house calls, we're calling them, on MTV News' Instagram. Uh, live conversations. I did it with Elle. Did it with Beanie Feldstein. Did, did one with Skylar Astin. I'm going to do one with Ross Butler this week. Next week, I'm doing Ben Platt. We love uh, Ben. I know. Oh, my God. What if Beanie drops in when you're in with Ben? Well, Ben dropped into the Beanie oh one, so. Oh, my God. Maybe I should watch these. <laughs> what are you doing with your life? They um, sound exciting. They are exciting. And I've actually watched Ben's new special. He's promoting a new Netflix special, which was his Radio City um, oh, Stop concert tour. That's great. And I'm also You don't deserve talk- to watch that before <laughs> I do. <laughs> Um, and also coming up um, on House Call, we're going to do Kumail Nanjiani. Very excited about that one. Some good stuff. Swole as hell. Me or him? Well, I'll let you, I'll let the listeners decide. <laughs> yeah, he's going to do that Instagram Live shirtless. We've, we've demanded it already. I'm um, not pissed. And one other thing to plug over on Comedy Central, new episodes of Stir Crazy continue. This week, we have just dropped a new episode with... Lauren Lapkus. She is a funny lady. Very funny. 
I really like her. She's good. She's really good. Good. She's people. good. Good people. Good person. <laughs> She's good. Unlike you, bad person. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to mention a couple people on the Twitter in the Twitterverse who mentioned their comfort movies. Uh, I always like to see you guys uh, shout out your favorites. As always, hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz, with the hashtag Happy Sad Confused. Then my comfort movie, Jessica Lawson says any dance movie from the early two thousands. Center stage. Center sa- stage. Save the last dance. Ugh. Coyote ugly. Step up. She didn't mention step up, but I'm sure. That's I'm she sure meant to though. She when I to. said that just now, she was like, "Oh yeah, oh. step up." <laughs> yeah. Debbie Shower mentions uh, as good as it gets. Just about any Disney movie. Okay. Um, SJ Daily One. The last one I'm going to mention. It's appropriate for today. Mentions Tommy Boy. Perfect blend of Farley's heart and Spade's acerbic wit. Uh, SJ Daily One knew something was up, knew something was in, in the zeitgeist, knew it was what coming up. What a transition. Up Amazing, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's transition to our big uh, interview of the week. This is Jamie Alexander. As I said, she is starring in the final season of Wine Spot on NBC Thursdays at 10. Check that out. And as always, hit me up on the Twitters and the Instagrams. Subscribe, spread the good word. You know what to do. Uh, and enjoy this chat with Jamie Alexander. Jamie, it's good to see you. It's good to catch up with you. It's been way too long, and I can't believe it's happening this way, but um, <laughs> it's good to see you. Very good to see you. This is, you're like one of like three people I've gotten to talk to in the last, I don't know, two months. Oh, God. So we're going to have to uh, reacquaint you with like uh, interpersonal skills, see if you yes, remember how yes. to talk no, to another human no being. Pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> so first of all, um, let's just catch me up. Um, how are you doing? That's like the most loaded question on the planet nowadays, but like, have you settled into kind of like a new normal? Like what, what are you, what's your day? What are your days filled with right now? Yeah. Um, I, I've sort of settled into a new normal. That's a great way to, to put it. Cause you know, I, I find like humans are very adaptable and that's just one of the gifts we were given. And, um, at first it was really tough. I, uh, ate my feelings a ton, um, laid around. Uh, there were times I didn't shower for like two days. I don't know. Um, and then I switched over into, uh, wanting to learn stuff. Like I'm, I'm, I love learning. So I've been teaching myself the guitar. Um, I've been teaching myself how to, uh, cook better, like holistic dishes and things like that, which has been actually really fun. Although I'm the only person here to try it. So I don't know if they actually suck or not. (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah, just, and, and I've been doing, you know, yoga and, um, and that sort of thing, but you know, I'm in Brooklyn, so it's, it's a bit limited as to, uh, what we can do here but it is sure. like where i think well i think by the standards of most i mean it sounds like you're being pretty productive because i feel like the standards have changed right it's like yeah. in the first week it was like am i wearing actual human pants that's a huge that's a huge day and then by like you know week three or four yeah i mean i, I i'm definitely trying to like just do as much work and and, and just keep myself busy because it's, it's just like all about distracting yourself from what's just like a incomprehensible situation going on and outside it- our window yeah, there's an adjustment period, you know, and it's important to not be too hard on yourself. But yeah. make, you know, I find making lists really helpful. I'll make a list that's like as simple as uh, clean dishes, laundry. Like it'll be like chores or thing. Email so and so, and then I can check it off, and it, totally. it creates that sense of accomplishment, um, which is so great. And and in all honesty, I, I have appreciated. Um, looking on the bright side, I've appreciated the downtime of slowing down because I haven't had that in a long time. And uh, I've been rehabilitating my body and mind and all those things. And so I have been trying to make the most of it, but you know, I'm not going to be 
super hard on myself and say, oh, I have to do this and do that and be productive. If I want to spend a day just doing nothing and watching movies, that's okay. Yeah, everybody you know? should go a little easy on themselves right oh, now yeah. because uh, it's, it's, it's tough times for everybody. Um, how was the, you took a road trip in the beginning of all of this, right? You oh, crossed the country. I yes, I did. It was so bananas. I was in LA and I was doing some work stuff and then all of a sudden everything shut down and got yeah. canceled and I thought, well, okay. And I don't own a home in LA anymore. So I was like, well, I probably should make it back to New York so that I can be in my home. And, um, and so I thought, well, you know, I, I haven't, I've always loved going, like driving. Like I've always loved road trips. And I thought, what a nice thing to be able to do, except that two days into the road trip, I made it to like, I think I was just about to get to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And then there was immediately a, an actual lockdown. So all the places were closing and, and it became really difficult to progress onward towards New York because there would be gas stations that were shut down. Um, I mainly just peed on the side of the road, honestly. Um, there were gas stations that you would purchase gas, but they wouldn't let you use their facilities. You're like, oh, okay. Um, and so as it went on, it's, I had to get pretty creative in like, uh, what, how to make food because all the places were closed. and. Um, but it was a journey. It was really nice. And just being out in nature, driving through that with the windows down and listening to good music and just finding yeah. peace with that. I, I really, um, I really enjoyed it. And I was quite sad when I got back to Brooklyn, the state of New York at that time and still was so. Oh yeah. So Especially when, when you got here. I mean, it's obviously still not, yeah. not great, but like it was, it felt like the end of times for a few right. weeks here. It was, it was rough. It was insane. I was in the Holland tunnel with two other cars. I, I've never, I, I couldn't believe how fast I was getting places. And I, oh, I, I was so sad for like the first few days. And then I, you know, I would walk around the block or whatever, or, you know, do the like FaceTime or something like that. But it, yeah. yeah, it took, it took some getting used to. Um, as you know, part of the, the, the rejiggered version of my podcast, Happy Second Fuse, is I've asked every guest to come up with a comfort movie. Um, and you, you had a couple options. You came up with some interesting options. I was, I was really struck by the ones you, we can talk about the one you arrived at and also the other ones that, that were in contention. But um, I guess first, like, what's a comfort movie to you? Like, what, what, what's, what's, what is the definition for you? I think comfort in general is uh, familiarity. So I, I go into movies that I've seen a million times that I always can rewatch. Like it's just never boring. It's always uh, something great. And I would, I was thinking back to like movies I used to watch in high school and um, in my early twenties and then just movies that I'd always get people together and watch. And it was just always a good time. And um, the, one of the, the movies that came to mind um, that we decided on was Tommy boy. That right. is, one of my favorite movies, my younger brother used to impersonate him all the time. It was so funny. Um, I can quote the entire movie and I often do it. I have to be careful when I have people over um, because I'll, I'll quote it as the movie's going. I'm like, oh no, I'm that person, I guess. <laughs> um, but I just absolutely love it. And it, it brings me to tears every time I watch it. Like even right now, I just am like, it's just such a good movie. So uh, I'm glad you chose this for a number of reasons. Uh, a, it's kind of the first movie of this type of just sort of like a, you know, like a, a, an out and out, like full on silly comedy. Yeah. Um, and it's also one that I've, I've seen, but for whatever reason, it never, I don't know if it didn't hit me at the right moment or whatever. So it gave me a chance to go back to it and watch it again and sort of like see what other people see in it and you see in it. Um, it's actually celebrating its 25th anniversary this year not to date uh, you and i but yeah um so what, what, what okay so what do you remember you uh, as i as i remember you have a few brothers so like did the brothers like expose you to this like because this is in some ways like the stereotype is like oh this is a guy movie this is like a dude dude humor or whatever 
Um, I am all about dude humor. Um, (laughs) I have four brothers. I, uh, I just, I don't know. I cannot remember the very first time I ever watched it. Um, but I just, I I think I had seen Tommy boy and then immediately saw black sheep. Like I I had to keep seeing that duo David Spade and, and Chris Farley, one of the best comedic duos of all time. Yeah. They were just so good with each other and so um the chemistry and the banter and and everything was so good. And um I just enjoyed how goofy and funny it was and how endearing Chris Farley was as Tommy. Yes. Um, there was just something so wonderfully uh, authentic about it. And I, I've just always loved that. I love people that are just themselves and that are goofy and don't really care what other people think. You know, they just live how they want to live and yeah. enjoy life. No, you, you hit upon, I think, some of the reasons why it works for so many people and, and, and me and watching it just the other day. Um, he's just an insanely likable personality. Like you can't, if you, if you don't like Chris, a.k.a. Tommy in this, there's something wrong with you. And yeah, yeah and, and, and David Spade, who sometimes gets a bad rap and can turn people off, like he plays off of Chris so well in this. It's like, it's innocence versus cynicism. It's like their body types are obviously totally different. It's just, it's a mismatch yeah. that, that just you know, the, the cliche is chemistry, but in this case, it, it's real. Like, it, it's a, I mean, have you experienced that? Like, you know, people like me always ask you, ask actors like, you know, chemistry on set and chemistry reads and whatever. Is that real or is that just like bullshit that we kind of like tell ourselves? I think there's some truth to it. I think that you can click with people and you vibe with people, just like when you meet uh, people like friends, like new friends, you just go, oh, I feel like I've known you forever. And there's yeah. that, it, it makes you instantly comfortable. And I think that's part of it. Um, and it's almost like there's this strange level of trust immediately with the other person. Um, and so I think that is true. There are, um, times where, and I've had this in my career, uh, where I haven't really, I've either been disliked or disliked another person, but the chemistry on screen is fire. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So I think it, it, I, I'm not really sure the exact recipe for it, but whatever it is, it works. And so I, I just, you know, I've always tried to go with it, but there have been times where I've just immediately clicked with somebody, whether we're playing best friends or mother, daughter, whatever. And it, and it comes across. And then sometimes you can have really good chemistry in person and it is awful on screen. So let me go over some basics uh, for the film, for those that don't know. So as I said, it came Mm -hmm. out March 31st, uh, 1995, celebrating its 25th anniversary very recently, very timely. Good job, Jamie. Um, (laughs) It's, it's, uh, it had $20 million, $20 million budget. It was not a huge box office hit at the time, made $32 million. But from what I read, it became like, one of the it's like one of the most successful home videos that paramount ever released it was just bought and rented a gajillion times is that one so you you say you don't remember the specific way you saw it but is most of your memory from seeing it just on repeat at home as opposed to in the theater yeah i never saw it in the theater um because i would have been 11 (laughs) when it came out (laughs) so doubtful my mother would have approved that um that being said it's not i was also surprised it's not so it's not like an r i don't think it was an r-rated film it's 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 got this like actually really like sweet cheesy score (laughs) there are some adult adult, um i guess situations in it like that but um I think obviously in today's age, uh, that's more acceptable right. for younger humans to watch <laughs> that kind of stuff. But back then, especially me growing up in the South, that was not a thing. But um, but yeah, I, I remember quoting that movie just constantly. And I, I'm sure that I loved it the moment I saw it. 
because I, I, there was so much of that dynamic that I would often find that was just so off in the best way that like, I would be like that with my brothers and my friends at school. Um, yeah. <laughs> would it would it surprise you to know that it was not super well reviewed? Um, <laughs> I'm not surprised myself. Forty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm, I'm going to quote uh, Roger Ebert, who can be hit or miss. I mean, I love Roger Ebert, but sometimes he was a little off. Here's what he said. He said, "Tommy Boy is one of those movies that plays like an explosion down at the screenplay factory. <laughs> you can almost picture a bewildered office boy, his face smudged with soot, wandering through the rooms and rescuing pages at random. Too bad they didn't mail them to the insurance company instead of filming them." Boy. rough well i agree to disagree <laughs> do um how are you with reviews over over the course of your career do you read them or can they sting i i don't read them i actually so aside from god i i've never i never watch anything i've been in so i've never seen any of blind spot um only the stuff i've had to adr to dub um and some of the fight sequences because i had to match it like in future seasons stuff like that um but i yeah i've never watched it the thor films i the first one i saw uh because i I was at the premiere and i realized oh i'm in here i have to watch this but i would often like look down if i was on the screen i just don't i don't know i just i'm not a classically trained actor i don't have any kind of analysis that i would like to to put into you know i i I wouldn't get anything from watching myself other than like oh, that's what I look like, or oh, that okay, that's cool. And I never wanted any of that to affect my ego for good or bad. So sure. I just um, I just stayed away from it. So with reviews, I just never read anything. I, I really, um, I don't, because everybody's entitled to their opinion, and I don't mind there being um, lots of different opinions. You know, I've, I've had certain people... Like sometimes my eye will catch a comment on Instagram or something like that. And it'll be like, you're the worst actress I've ever seen. I'm like, okay. And then they'll have people say, oh, I love what you do and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, great, thanks. Like I, it's, and it's so, I'm so glad that I'm not just one specific way. You yeah. know, my, my, the reason I do what I do is to try to invoke some sort of something in somebody. So whether that's good or bad, I don't care. Totally. Yeah. I often say that about the films that, I gravitate towards are the ones that are polarizing. You know, mm. you want the ones that are like, you're going to argue with your friends about. You don't want the ones yeah. that, you don't want the ones you're going to forget about. Like what, what, what even happened in that movie a, a day later? Yeah. That means it didn't work. Right, uh, right. Right. Um, so it was directed by uh, Peter Siegel, Tommy, Bo- Tommy Boy, who also directed some other films I, I love. He directed uh, the third Naked Gun film, Naked Gun 33 and a third. Um, he did uh, Anger Management, Get Smart, which I think is an underrated movie. Mm-hmm. Um, written by Bonnie and Terry Turner, who are uh, well-known as great SNL writers, but they also created uh, that 70s show and Third Rock from the Sun. So they know what they're doing. All um, really good chemistry in all of those, right? Totally. Like between the cast, in my opinion, that it's just, yeah, spot on. So. Were, you, were you an SNL person? Because this is definitely, like, obviously, while not taken from a specific SNL character, came out of his SNL run, and they're obviously SNL writers. Were you an SNL person growing up? I was. I was. Any chance that I could watch it, I would. And it wasn't often, like, allowed when I was growing up. Um, and I would, you know, I would find a way. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the tapes and... Uh, oh, like the best ofs or whatever? Yeah, I yeah. would. I, I found them, you know, as I got older, and I was just like, oh. Um, that whole era, Dan Aykroyd, like, all, like about, you know, Tommy Boy, just all those comedic actors that were in SNL and those that weren't, they just all meshed so well together. Yeah. You know? 
Um, and so I was just such a fan of that time, like just the nineties in general. Yeah. Do you, do you appreciate, um, I noticed that, that Chris, um, gets a stunt, um, credit in the film. So like he was notable for like do, doing like his own, you know, comedic stunts in it. Um, you obviously have done a hell of a lot uh, to your body in the service of entertaining us. <laughs> um, so do you, I don't know, do you appreciate that from like a, 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 like a different kind of stunt performing? But like, do you, when you see him do what he does on screen, are you like, oh, that, that's got to hurt. I get what he's doing. I get what he put himself through. Yeah, there are a lot of times I'll watch things that I, I, I know, typically I'll know when it's a double or when it could potentially be the actor, but yeah. either way I'll know if a hit landed. So I'll know, I'll, I'll go, oh, I know that that actually, that was a contact because I've had quite a few myself. Um, but I also know like what goes into that, the prep and the, the nerves and the, the execution of it all is, it, it's like a dance. It's very specific. If you're, I've learned a little too close to somebody or even a little too far away, it can, it can be, it can put you in the hospital. Um, so like, it doesn't surprise me that he had uh, some of his own, that he did a lot of his own stunts in that. Um, and, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I find like, if it's safe enough, this is what I've learned in my career. You don't, you're an, as an actress or an actor, you don't have to do your own stunts. There is a specific department dedicated to doing that. And um, I've always been big on giving people jobs. Like I'm like, as many people as we can get, that would be great. Um, there are times where it's, it would really help the scene and, and the footage if the actor could in fact do it. Right. Um, so I've, I've definitely let go of the egoic aspect of that and would, especially in the later seasons of Blind Spot, heavily rely on my stunt performer, Heidi. Um, she just, you know, she would spend every day training for this Whereas I'd get five minutes of rehearsal bef like before filming half the fight. And then I would learn it really fast, film it, learn the rest of it, film it. And it was just like the chance for error was massive. So, so um, I'm all for doing stunts that I have been able to train for and that are safe enough. And um, I'm also very okay with giving that responsibility to Heidi. Yeah, you have to, it's a balance, I'm sure. And it sounds yeah. like it's kind of evolved for you over the years as you've gotten more bumps and bruises. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm very hard to insure now. So. I'm just, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, I always like, I'm always struck by like, people always used to ask like Harrison Ford about, you know, do you, do you, you know, what about the stunts that you do? And he's, he was always adamant. He's like, I don't do stunts. I do <laughs> physical acting. The stunt guys <laughs> do the stunts, which kind of makes Art sense. Smart man. <laughs> <laughs> Art man. Um, okay, the cast. Uh, we obviously mentioned Chris Farley as Tommy Boy. Um, David Spade is excellent. We have Bo Derek out of nowhere. Oh, like, <laughs> I know, right? Um, oh, Julie, Julie Warner, who was like a staple of like 90s films. So I remember mm -hmm. her in Doc Hollywood. Um, Dan oh, Aykroyd, yeah. of course. And, and the great Brian Dennehy, who sadly we just lost. Um, oh. Was kind of perfect casting. And I don't know, I, I, I don't remember. This, this is probably a huge change of pace for Brian Dennehy. So I'm, kudos to him for taking a risk and, and going all out in, a, in a, mm -hmm. a silly, crazy comedy like this. Um, the, the other, I mean, I, there are a bunch of things I came across like in sort of like for context to this. This was, this was Chris's like first big like leading role. Um, and, you know, of course we lost him like way too early. He only passed away two years after this. Oh. Um, and it's, it's, it's striking to me, like, this, this fascinated me. So um, uh, uh, it, it was the uh, Adam Sandler movie, Billy Madison. Billy Madison came out a month before this. And that was basically Adam's first, like, leading role. 
So you can really see like, <laughs> so great, right? But, but to me, you can see like, oh, like that was, they were on the same path. And like, sadly, like Chris had these demons that he just couldn't get uh, under control. Um, and just, you know, you, you can't help but watch this movie. Like it's, it's always going to be, I think for me and I think for anybody, tinged with a little bit of sadness because you're like, oh, you're seeing so much potential for what he was going to do yeah. in the later yeah. years. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely very supportive and big into recovery because I am in it myself. Um, and it, it is sad to look at that and know, uh, because I've experienced that and I've also, um, been able to share that with others and receive that from others. I, I, it's just sad to watch something like that and go, Oh, like, you know, by the grace of God, I made it, but this person did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned he followed this with uh, Black Sheep, uh, Beverly Hills Ninja, but I think everyone would agree this was this was definitely like utilized his talents in the best possible mm-hmm. best possible way. What are the scenes that jump out to you? Like, what are the ones that you end up like not being able to control yourself and, and wanting to participate in? Every time, I I love when he tries to explain the the whole um, taking the butcher's word for it type of thing. Because instead of like, I forget exactly the phrasing all of a sudden now that I'm on the spot. Um, but I love when he's trying to explain, like, it would be the same as like sticking your head up a bull's ass. And he's like, no, the butcher's ass. And he can never get it right. And then he finally gets it right. And by that point, you're so proud of him. You're like, he nailed it. Um, <laughs> but I love the, the, the thing where he goes to see the guy and he has the, he takes the collectible car and makes it the ambulance to me like, and he's like, trying to save the new guys in the corner puking his guts out and all because you wanted to save a few bucks. And like, <laughs> it's just like, and the guy is just stunned and he just says, get out. And David Spade's like, great, we'll be in touch. And he leaves like right away, like the whole time, his, him being so mortified in every intimate setting with Chris Farley's character is just the best thing ever. It's, that's what complimented it so much was like, I found that David Spade was so incredibly able to play off of Chris's character so well and not try to upstage or anything. Like he just, it just flowed so perfectly. And because of that, they were both so equally funny to me. Totally. Uh, Yeah. The straight man, like often that's like the unsung hero in comedies like this. Um, It's necessary. Totally. Uh, Yeah. A few scenes like that, that that kind of become iconic. Like I think of like, you know, him singing, I'm a maniac while like Rob Rose, like spraying him (laughs) down. That's yeah. did you see ama- paint chips as a kid? No, why? Like <laughs> he's genuine. He's like, why? Why do you ask? Oh god. What about fat guy in a little coat? His little uh-huh. uh, his little dance, which apparently was like something he would do at in the SNL offices, like a version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing. Uh, all the physical comedy, like him, like trying to change in the bathroom. Like he was just like so like knew his own body and knew how to like just like get the the laugh in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I read that, like, apparently they had a 66-page script going into this, and no surprise, they kind of had to, like, improvise and kind of make it up as mm-hmm. they went along a bit. And that's not a recipe for success nine times out of ten. Right. But I guess, I guess uh, when you have Chris involved uh, at the height of his powers, it works. Have you, have you had to shoot a film? You don't have to name names. Have you shot a film with an unfinished script and been like, oh, my God, are we going to um, get through this? It wasn't unfinished, but they, as we went along, there was a movie I did uh, back in, geez, almost like a decade ago, where um, things kept changing. It would just, it was like based on the chemistry of certain actors and like right. how the movie was being loosely cut together. It just, there were certain things that just didn't work. And so they'd have to take away an ad. And so I just, you know, I just kind of roll with it. I mean, that's my job, you know, I'm given 
material and it's my job to make it likable and to make it watchable. And, and I, I love that challenge. Like if I find a script that, you know, there'd be times like I had to do things, um, that I was just like, Oh, this, this isn't the best writing in my opinion, but I will make sure that I perform it the best I can. And that's my job. So I never complained about any of that. What about, um, you know, you haven't done a lot of comedy in your career. So we're talking about one of the all-time comedies. Is that something that you're excited about, afraid of? People just don't think of you for because they've seen you in a certain context? Like, what's, what's what's your negotiation with comedies? Well, I think I am definitely, I'm not a sitcom girl. Um, I just, I, I just think it's, I could do it, but I, I know a lot of other people that could do it a lot better. Um, yep. but I am definitely a dark comedy girl uh, because of a couple, I have a lot of um, physical attribute, attributes that help that are physical, um, what do you call it? Like stuff? I don't even know. <laughs> what is it? Like, Again, this is Jamie's first conversation in six weeks. <laughs> first conversation. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, there's like things I can use, like, uh, that would be helpful. You know, I have a low voice. I'm tall. Like, um, there's a lot of different things I could work with with that, but that I, I am very intense on camera, which could be very funny. Um, I did do nurse Jackie and I was supposed to be on it for a lot longer, but I had reshoots for the first Thor film and that took me from New York back to LA. So I wasn't able to continue on, but I loved, um, just the offbeat, dark kind of like screwed up person, like, doesn't really kind of misses social cues and like, you know, um, I love that. So I, it would be something I would totally be into. And, um, I do think, uh, most people because of what I've done in my career really just want to see me be in, um, drama and also like some sort of action. Like that just seems to be the thing that people really love. And I'm, I'm grateful for that too, you know? Uh, but I wouldn't mind exploring comedy. I, I am quite goofy in my, like in my daily life. And, uh, and I've had loads of people tell me, like, why don't you do more of this on screen? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm that good if it was scripted. The hell if I know. But I would give it a shot. Well, yeah. I mean, you look, you look at anybody known for their physicality, their action stuff. And, like, yeah, eventually, you know, the first five, ten years of, like, you know, The Rock or Jason Statham's careers, yeah, they weren't it, doing it, comedy. It, but it took them – or Schwarzenegger, any of them. Like, it took them a while to kind of, like, cash in their chips and, like, say, like, try me out in, the, in this context. And, and yeah. often it works. So I would love to see you, um, yeah, use your, your strengths in a different way. That would be very cool. Well, maybe I'll get a little bit more squirrely in quarantine and it'll just happen organically. There you go. <laughs> um, what, yeah, who, contem- uh, contemporary comedies or stars, are there any that like jump out at you? Like we're talking classics, but are like, what are the, I mean, oh, they don't make that many big screen comedies anymore. That's the weird thing. I know, I know. Oh, sweet Jesus. Um, That's okay. I know. I'm trying to think. I mean, I there are so like, many. Do you, do you end up? Do you end Melissa up? McCarthy. I love oh, yeah. her. So good. I, obviously, I love her. She's really good. The, the Heat. A uh, Sandra Bullock is really funny. She's quite good. And well, that's another one of mismatched. Like oh, like that. It, yeah. is the the chemistry between those two mismatched people so well. And Ryan Reynolds. He was able to tie action into you know comedy and and all that stuff. I think he's quite good as well. I mean, yeah. there's there's a ton of people. Um, you know, and it's so funny. I have not turned on my TV like. I've just been reading books and the only book I have left in my house right now is Misery by Stephen King, which I, I'm like getting through it. And I'm like thinking this is probably not the best thing. Yeah. A, a story, a horror story about a, a housebound uh, person. <laughs> I was like, shit. Uh, so I need to get some more books or I just need to, you know, suck it up and watch some, 
some funnier stuff. I, I don't know. I was reading that last night and I was like, I got to stop. I gotta stop. <laughs> this is not going to go well. Let's give out some um, uh, needless awards to this, this movie. Um, this might be easy, but best performance in this film goes oh. to. Um, Chris Farley. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. How, how do we not give it to the guy? Yeah. Um, we talked about some of your favorite film, favorite scenes, best scene. Do you want to give uh, like, what's the, the one scene that, that should get the ultimate award? <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking of so many of the, um, I, okay. I do really like the one where he straps the road flares to himself and, and opens it up. Like he's like, there's a bomb. Cause yeah. he tries it on accident. He goes, Hey, this will only take a second. Everybody thinks he's there to blow up the place. And he's like, Oh, you know, um, that Talk whole about a scene that will, that will not work in 2020. That's that I don't think. No, that no, right. I know. Sometimes. <laughs> um, but that I loved cause then it progresses to him just snowballing into this like epic, basically takeover, you know, where he just gets exactly what he wants. Totally. Um, favorite line, you know, most of the script already by heart. What do you, what do you quote the most? Like, what's the one that you go to the most? <laughs> I always say when my friends and I are talking and it gets confusing or something, I'll just say, it's gotta be your bull. Cause like he talks about sticking his head up a bull's ass and he's like, no, it's gotta be, it's gotta be your bull. And he's trying to work it out. Like, Oh shit, what is this saying? And I, I always say that. And nine times out of 10 people get it. I love it. Uh, yeah, you can tell if they're a good person or not, if they, they <laughs> exactly. it, right? Should right. there be a remake sequel to Tommy Boy? Do we leave no. this one alone? No. I don't think it's doable with, without Chris Farley. Yeah. I mean, David Spade, I, I love David Spade's work too, but I just think, yeah, I leave it alone. Yeah. Um, I always like to program a double feature for folks. Like, let, let's brainstorm a little bit. I have some candidates. If one comes to mind, great. If not, that's okay. okay. What's a good movie to pair with Tommy Boy? I'd say uh, either Dumb and Dumber or Billy and Madison. Those are two excellent picks. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to throw in, I have two more. You can have like a five movie marathon. Okay. Uh, I, I'd throw in Step Brothers, um, okay. another mismatched kind of comedy, and Kingpin, uh, road comedy. Oh my God, Kingpin's so good. I haven't seen that in forever. I got to rewatch that. Kingpin's okay. a, a great one. Good uh, idea. Uh, excellent. Okay, so that, that's our, our ode to Tommy Boy for today. I do want to mention, we should mention, of course, um, Blind spot last season. Oh yeah, that that old thing. Th- that old yeah. thing. That five or six years of your life um, that broke your body in half. Uh, <laughs> what's what's uh, I guess I mean? Have you kind of like said goodbye officially? You obviously have. You shot everything, but like, do you feel like it's in the rearview mirror now, or does it still feel present in your life? You know, I think it would feel more present if this lockdown didn't happen. But because I've had a lot of solo time to reflect and to um, heal up and those types of things, like I've been able to graciously say goodbye to it. We stopped filming back in November. And, um, and then, of course, the next day I shaved my head. So that, that's fun. That's been fun. Oh, God. Uh, who knew I had so many calyx and a slight bald spot anyway. Um, <laughs> was, that, was that the first time you'd ever done that? Uh, I cut it short before, but this was like the first time I just shaved it. And then I decided to bleach it for fun, which was like a horrible idea. Um, but why not? Um, and so, yeah. So anyways, but I, yeah, it, it's been really great. And they, NBC decided to air it a little early given the current situation here. Right. Um, and that's been fun. And I've, I've, uh, so far we've gotten some good feedback. It just premiered last week and now it's, you know, it's on every Thursday, 9H central on BC. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty shocking what ends up happening in the finale. Like I couldn't have guessed it if I tried. And because it's only 11 episodes to reach the hundredth episode, um, we were able to really pack 
each episode because we didn't have to spread it out this time over 22 or 23 episodes. Right. Um, and we have the best guest stars. Like it gets insane where we were having, I think at one time we had about 80 in one episode. It gets crazy. I, I, I don't know. My showrunner, because he's so well-loved, he just, I don't know. Everybody just wanted to come back and we were so lucky. So Amazing. What an accomplishment. That's great. Um, talk to me. You, you, you were saying um, we're obviously trying to uh, um, jumpstart your comedy career. Do you know what the next... <laughs> Do you know what the next gig is? I do, but I'm, I can't talk about it. It's like, it's kind let me, of let me, let me ask this, Jane. That, it basically tells everybody what it is, but I can't say it, so I'm right. not going to say it. Right, okay. So, so you're saying that if I, if uh, me my, with my educated guess, I could probably guess what it is. You could, but please don't. I won't, I won't. I don't well, want to die. I'm excited for a potential very exciting project for you that anybody hey. with a brain could probably predict. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. You just said nothing. We have the video and the audio to prove it. You literally have said nothing. I have said nothing. I am also, who knows? I, you may not even be talking to Jamie Alexander. We don't know who this is right now. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in my apartment alone. Oh, um, well, I'm glad we got a chance to catch up. As I said, these are weird times, but uh, and it's been way too long to, to see you in person. Hopefully after all of this, we'll catch up for real um, and talk about other silly 90s comedies and hopefully by then you'll be starring in your own silly 2020 comedy and you will give me the best review of course always <laughs> um, i can see your house from here no I'm just, um <laughs> well you and your wife take care and, and stay safe and i enjoy the conversation and so ends another edition of happy sad confused Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>